Welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Land. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. But God is doing some work within us. God is doing some things around us, and we're seeing the hand of the Lord. But, you know, the year is not over yet. The year is not over yet. God is still working, and you are going to see God. You are going to experience the God show. So this month, God is activating us. So today, I want to speak on on, on a message that I titled, Activate Your Gifts. Activate your gift. Activate your gift. Now, I'm going to take a text from 2 Timothy chapter 6, chapter 1. From verse 6, 2 Timothy chapter 1, from verse 6 to 7. And we'll come back to the Acts of the Apostle. So Paul, writing to Timothy, his spiritual son, he said, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit of God, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So Paul was speaking to Timothy. Now you need to know what had happened to Timothy. Timothy had gone through some tough times. So he was a young man. You know, Bible scholars tell us that he was, he was you, know, uh, you know, just a, a teenager, very young. He was, you know, Paul sent him to Corinth. First of all, when Paul left Corinth to go and, and do stuff there. But then the Corinthians, they showed him some trouble, like we used to say in Africa, they showed him pepper. You know, they showed him, I mean, it was, it was a tough time for him that he quit and he just left. You know, Titus had to go back and sort things out later. But then, so Timothy was here now, you know, leading a church that had older people, all kinds of challenges. People were, people were challenging what he was preaching and all that, and he was discouraged. He was in tears. So Paul writes this letter to him, and Paul says, you know what, guy, you've been going through a lot. You've been going through a lot. And listen, when you begin to go through a lot, like some of us have gone through this year, when a lot of things begin to happen, we tend to forget certain things. We tend to forget sometimes the word that God has spoken to us, the things that God has done in our lives in the past. We tend to forget the deposit of God that is inside of us. We're going to talk a lot more about it. Because when troubles come, trouble, trouble wants to take our full attention. And when we begin to focus on what is happening around us, we forget what God has actually deposited in us. So Paul was telling Timothy, listen, I want to rem- I'm reminding you right now to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you already, through the laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid. Listen, if you f- he was telling him, if you fan up that gift, you will be able to deal with timidity. If you fan up that gift, you'll be able to walk in power. If you find up that gift, you find that you are able to walk in love better, more effortlessly. And he said, if you find up that gift, you discover that you are able to be more self-disciplined. Because the gift of the spirit that you have been given contains power, contains love, contains self-discipline and boldness. So Paul was reminding him to do that. 
So, so some of us are at that point right now. So my message today is a reminder to you. Maybe you are at a point right now where you are timid or afraid. Maybe you are at a point right now when you feel so powerless. Maybe there's an assignment before you that, you know, you need, you're supposed, you're supposed to do at work, you're supposed to do, or something that has been given to you, but you're just timid and afraid. You're like, I, I can't do it. I'm not able to do it. Or maybe you are facing some challenges, some challenges in your relationships. And maybe there's a, there's a spouse, or maybe there's a family member, or somebody that you just say, I don't think I can love this person. I've tried everything that I can, but I think I have exhausted my love. Yeah, that's fine. And you see, when you exhaust your love, that's when the love of God takes over. And the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's what Romans chapter 5 verse 5 tells us, that God's love has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So maybe you are tired. Maybe you, are, you, are, you, 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 you feel you can't go on any longer. You know, Paul was reminding Timothy, and I'm reminding you right now that there's a gift, there's a deposit inside of you that is greater than he that is in the world. First John chapter 4 verse 4 says, greater is he than he, that the greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So I'm not talking about doing this by your own natural strength. I'm not talking about you overcoming or winning or pushing ahead by your own natural strength. But I'm talking about a divine deposit of God that is inside of you. Every assignment that God has given you, he has given you that divine deposit to help you and enable you to be able to accomplish it. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So Paul was reminding Timothy, so maybe you are here right now. You have been struggling with discipline. It's just been hard for you to discipline your body, to discipline your mind, you know, to wake up when you're supposed to wake up, to exercise when you're supposed to exercise, to do the things that you're supposed to do. God, Paul was telling Timothy that that spirit that is inside of you also has the capacity to increase your self-discipline. What I'm calling upon you to do today is to rely on the spirit of God, to remember that you have the spirit of God in you, and to fan the gift of God inside of you into flame. So I'm going to be explaining this message, this passage in three, three main points today. My first point is I want to take some time to talk about the divine deposit that is inside of you. I want to, I want to give you an understanding of that divine deposit. Because sometimes you don't, know, you don't know what it is. I remember when, you know, some, I think about two father's days, you know, the previous year, my children, you know, they got money together. I think, I think it was a Christmas or something. One was a father's, and one was a Christmas. They brought me a telescope. They bought me a telescope, brand new telescope. You know, the next one, you know, they gave me, um, you know, a laser, you know, measure, measuring thing. For a long time, the telescope, the measuring thing was there. It was mine. That telescope could explore the skies, could see the stars and all that. The laser measurements could help me to measure things better, but I still kept on using my tape measure. And the telescope was there unactivated for many, many years. So listen, it's possible for you to use a gift and not activate it, not use it. So what I want to tell you right now with this first point is I want, to, I want to get you reacquainted, or maybe you have never been acquainted before, acquainted with what is inside of you. Listen, by the time I'm done, you will know that you are loaded. And I want you to tell yourself right now, say, I am loaded. I am loaded. You are not an empty vessel. No, 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 no. You are not an empty vessel. You are a powerful being. You are a powerful being. You are somebody who carries divine ability, divine charisma inside of you. You were not left, left without power. God didn't pass over you when he was distributing abilities and gifts. No, he gave you one. And that thing is inside of you. What you just need to do is to fan it into flame to fan it into flame. And we're going to talk about that, you know, uh, later as we move on. So let's look at this divine deposit. So the word that Paul used here in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 to 7, 
That word is the Greek word that we, that we get, I mean, is the Greek word charisma. So when he says, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. The word gift in that place is the word charisma. Charisma. What does charisma mean? Uh, charisma means a free gift of grace. That's one of the meaning. A free, a free gift. Something that you didn't have to work for. Something that somebody just gave to you. That's what charisma is. Grace is charis in the Greek. Charis. So, so charisma is a gift of grace. Something that was given to you without you having to work for it. Also, the word charisma means an endowment, a divine endowment. I love that. You know, universities and, you know, institutions, they talk about their endowment. They boast about their endowment, you know. For example, I had a university that has endowment in billions of dollars. So with the endowment, they could keep on doing things for generation after generation. You know, some families, you know, they have, you know, their children, the parents have laid up some endowment for them that they're going to be enjoying even after the parents are gone. But this one is not just a natural endowment. It's a spiritual, supernatural, divine endowment. It was something that God gave. It was a charisma that God released. Another way you can, another, you know, um, name for charisma or explanation for charisma is a miraculous, supernatural faculty. It's a miraculous, supernatural faculty that a person has been endowed with. So when the New Testament talks about gifts, you know, when it talks about gifts, that's what it's talking about. Something that we have been endowed with. Something that has been given to us by God that we did not have to work for. You don't work for a gift. Whenever you, whenever you have to work for something, that's a reward. That's not a gift. So when the Bible uses the word gift, it's talking about something that you don't have to work for. Something that, was just, that you were just divinely endowed with. Hallelujah. You know, in Acts of the Apostles, uh, uh, the book we're studying this month, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter was using exactly the same word there, the word charisma. Look at it, it said, Peter replied, repent and be baptized. Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And what will happen? You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit or the charisma of the Holy Spirit. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So it's the same word. Is that the promise is for you and to your children and for all those who are afar off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So listen, that includes all of us. So he was talking to them then over 2,000 years ago. He was telling them, this promise is for you. It's for your children. It's for those who are afar off. He was seeing me. He was seeing land. You know, he was seeing you. He was seeing you from afar. He said, this same gift, they are going to have it. And anybody that God is going to call is going to have the same gift. Listen, look at me or look at somebody, you know, that you are sitting with. If you are with somebody and, and just look at that person and say, you know what? I qualify for this. Because I, I am afar off, God has called me, so I, I qualify. I, I have this divine charisma of the Holy Spirit. I have this divine charisma of the Holy Spirit. 
are, if you are watching me and, you know, you have made Jesus the Lord of your life, you know, how you became a Christian is the Holy Spirit came inside of you and re recreated your spirit. If you are watching me and you have not made Jesus the Lord of your life, you can explain the same thing right now. The Holy Spirit will come into you and then it will transform you. It will change you, make you a new person and then it will come and live inside of you. So if you are a Christian here, if you are a believer in this place, you have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. But then there are all, there's another measure of the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in our lives when we become filled with him, when we become baptized with him. And that's, that's, that's what took place in Acts of the Apostles, chapter, chapter 2. Hallelujah. So, so I want you to know it, that you have the divine gift. You have the divine gift. Look at, again, you know, in Acts chapter 11, Peter was speaking when he went to the Gentiles. Now, he was talking to people from all over the world in the first one, you know, that gathered in Jerusalem. Now, he went to the house of Cornelius and he preached the gospel to the Gentiles. And after he came back from there, people were saying, why did you go and talk to the Gentiles? And all that. Look at what he said. He said, and he said this is what happened. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came upon them as he had come on us as at the beginning. Verse, verse 16. Then I remember what the Lord had said. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 17. So if God gave them the same gift, the same charisma, he gave us who believed in the Lord, Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? So listen, using the word charisma there to that, the Gentiles were given the same gift that the, the apostles received on the day of Pentecost. So you have received the same gift. I want you to look at yourself and say, the same thing that Peter had, I have. The same thing that Paul had, I have. The same thing that all James had, I have. The same thing that was performing miracles through them that, 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 that precipitated the book of the Acts of the Apostle. The same gift, the same person, the same Holy Spirit, I have it right now. Then what happened? How come I'm not performing like Peter? How come I'm not performing like Paul? How come I'm not displaying miraculous things that we're displaying? What is the difference? They knew what they had, and they fanned it into flame. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look again at another passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, the Bible was, you know, talking about the gifts of the Spirit again. You know, I, I want you to know that, see, I'm going to read a, a, a passage for you right now, and I want you to pay attention as I'm reading. I really want you to pay attention because I'm going to be mentioning certain things, you know, that, that, you know, God has put inside of you. Listen, so when it comes to this charisma, the, the charisma that God has given us is the person of the Holy Spirit. But inside that gift, with a capital G, are various gifts and manifestations that come from that. You have received the Holy Spirit, but there are various gifts that come as a result of the Holy Spirit that we have. Certain things that manifest themselves, you know, because of the Holy Spirit that we have received. So Paul was talking about those things here right now. And I want you to pay attention because you as a person, you can walk in these things too. You can walk in this gift too. He said, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. You know that we should not be ignorant about it because ignorance is going to keep you limited. You know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced and led away to mute idols. Verse 3. Therefore, I want you to know. Listen, I want you to know this, so pay attention. Listen. I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. The same Spirit distributes different kinds of gifts. 
Hallelujah. There are different kinds of service, but it's the same Lord that, that distributes them. Verse 6, there are different kinds of walking, but in, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God that is at work. Now, he begins to mention some of these walkings. This is not all of them, but he begins to mention some of them. Uh, verse, verse 7, he said, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common gift, for the common good. To each one. So, so to you too, the manifestation of the giving or the gift of the Spirit is given for the common good. Listen, to one is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. A message of wisdom or a word of wisdom. A message of wisdom. The message of wisdom. Listen, this is the way the message of wisdom comes. So, you know, somebody, the Holy Spirit is moving through that person. And then, you know, that gift is imparted to them. And then they begin to give wisdom on how to navigate the things that are happening in life and the things that are coming in the future. Another is giving a message of knowledge. The message of knowledge is people, people supernaturally knowing things that they would not have known, and they would not have known naturally, except that the Holy Spirit, you know, revealed it to them. You know, sometimes we call that, you know, strong intuition. You know, the ability to see, to see things in the past, see things in the, in the present, and just know what is going on by the same Spirit. Verse 9, verse 9 quickly. To another faith by the same Spirit. I love the gift of faith. Now, this is not talking about just natural faith, your natural faith. It's talking about a supernatural faith that God gives somebody. When that gift of supernatural faith comes upon you, you begin, you discover that there are some projects that you will not have been able to do in your natural strength, some words that you will not have been able to speak, you know, by yourself, that you will speak out. And after you speak it out, you wonder who spoke through me. And the same power, the power of the Holy Ghost goes forward. The energy of the Holy Spirit goes forward to accomplish what you have spoken. No matter how difficult it might seem to the natural, to, uh, to the natural mind. He said to another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. The gifts of healing. So different kind of gifts of healings. Healing of blind eyes. Healings of cancer. Healings of any kind of disease. The Holy Spirit actually endows people, endows people to heal, to heal. They, they, they proclaim the word or they lay hands and sicknesses disappear. Sicknesses disappear. To another, uh, the, the next one, to another, miraculous powers, miraculous powers, miraculous powers, the power to perform miraculous things, to bend the laws of nature, the power to do things that are beyond the normal or the ordinary course of events, powers and signs and wonders that what people say is supposed to go this way. When that power is in operation, God, God supersedes, over, overrides that law and something that's supposed to take a long time happens in a short time, something that's not supposed to happen happens just like a person who is 100 years old 99 years old receiving a you know receiving a child and and giving back to a child giving back to a child or miracles of 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 creating miracles of organs that have been destroyed suddenly new ones appearing these things are real they are part of the endowment of the gifts of the holy spirit then he talked about prophecy. Prophecy is the ability to speak divinely inspired utterances, to be able to speak the word of God, to speak at the frequency of God, to take the word of the Bible and to speak it extemporaneously by the Spirit like I'm doing right now. I'm prophesying to you. And as you are speaking it, you are speaking supernatural things that is encouraging people, that's lifting people. 
and sometimes it's foretelling what is supposed to happen in the future. To another, distinguishing between spirit. You see, there's a lot of things happening in the world of the spirit that we do not see. But when this gift is in operation in somebody, that person begins to discern spiritual things, begin to see how the demons are working, how the angels are working, begins to see visions and revelations into the realm of the spirit that is, in, that is imperceptible by the physical eyes. God touches the eyes of that person, and that person begins to perceive supernatural things. Oh, what about the gift of tongues? Not just speaking in tongues. Tongues. You know, everybody, when you become born again and come filled with the Spirit, you speak with tongues. And that's the doorway to the supernatural. I'm going to talk about that a little bit, you know, in, in a little bit. But then, you know, we're talking about diverse kinds of tongues. Where somebody, as you are speaking in tongues, you start speaking in different languages. Tongues of men, tongues of angels, and all that. And while you are speaking that, you are bringing forth a message. You are bringing forth a message from the spiritual realm that can be interpreted to people and to give understanding to what is happening to the times and to the seasons. And then the interpretation of tongues is another gift given to people that when they hear somebody speaking in this kind of tongues, they can interpret and give meaning to what is going on. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Verse 11 says, all these are the work of the one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Now, listen, the reason why I took time to read this thing is because I want to tell you that these things, if you make yourself available, if you stir up the gift of God inside of you, God will distribute one or two or more of these things to you. In fact, the Bible says we should covet, we should desire, we should seek the best of this gift, the one that is needed, the one that is necessary at the time, that we should covet it, covet it, and the Spirit of God will begin to function in, in your life. I remember when I began to cover the gift of the Spirit, when I began to cover, you know, prophecies, uh, the ability to see, the ability to discern, oh, the ability to walk in miracles and to walk in the gift of faith. And I would spend time praying, praying in the Spirit and asking God to stir up that gift inside of me. And those things began to function. And I find myself living inside of them. But listen, my hunger has not stopped. In these 21 days of prayer and fasting, I am seeking God for the manifestation, for the deepening of the ones that are operating for the expression of new ones uh, that have not operated and for the activation of the ones that have been dormant. That is what I'm seeking God for. I'm seeking God for a new level of the gift of faith, a new level of the gift of healings, a new level of the gift of tongues and interpretation and the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. You know, I want to come out of 21 days of prayer and fasting and I am operating supernaturally by the power of the Holy Spirit and I'm not living life by my own natural abilities alone. I want to tap into the gift that is inside of me. Uh, let's read another passage showing you the divine deposit that is inside of you. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, from verse 4 to 16 says, There's one body and there's one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One spirit, the same one spirit that we all have. Verse 5. Oh, this is so powerful. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and, and in all. But to each one of us, I want you to touch yourself. If you know that you are one of those people, each one of us, that includes you. That includes you, each one of us, you, you, you. I'm talking to you, watching me right now. But to each one of us, grace has been given. As Christ apportioned it, you have been given grace. Now verse 8, it begins to talk about some other levels of gifts. That is why when it says, it says when he ascended on high, what took place before the day of Pentecost, before he came to meet the disciples, he, you know, before he ascended on high in Acts chapter 1, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. He gave gift charisma to his people. Verse 9, 
Verse 9. What does he ascended mean? Except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions. Who, he who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, what he's saying here, here that there, was, there were some giftings that God gave, that the gift of a pastor, now I'm not talking about the gift of the person this time around. I'm talking about the faculty, the divine charisma for some people to be pastors is, is under down. Divine, the divine faculty for some people to be evangelists, for some people to be apostles is under down to them. This is not something that people, that people work for. This is not something that anybody can just choose. These are divine faculties, gifts of charisma that come upon people. And listen, if you are sitting there wherever you are right now, I know that there's some of you listening to me that that is the gift that is inside of you, that the Holy Spirit who is inside of you wants to release into your life. But you may not be working in it right now because you are not aware of it. Because they've not been activated. But this month they are going to be activated. I speak and prophesy that the pastor in you is coming out. I speak and prophesy that the apostle in you is coming out. I speak and prophesy right now that the prophet in you is coming out. I speak and I prophesy right now out. I speak and I prophesy right now that the teacher in you is coming out. You see, there was a time in my life when I knew the teacher was inside of me, but all I could do was teach naturally. There's a time in my life when I knew the apostle was inside of me, but I could not function in it. But as I began to press to God, press towards God and be faithful in what he told me to do, God begins to release more and more gifts. And that's where I see him right now. And that's what I'm doing in these 21 days of fasting. I'm praying to God. I'm pressing into God. I'm pressing into God and say, God, God, what is remaining. What is it that is unactivated? I want you to stir it up inside of me. I know I have not seen it yet. I know I'm still working at the ankle deep level of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to go into a newer dimension, deeper dimensions, higher dimensions, wider, dim wider dimensions of your spirit until you take me and completely overwhelm me and I become a blessing to the world, to the entire world. That is what I'm seeking God for. And I know that the gift is inside of me. I'm not seeking for something that is outside of me. I'm talking about a divine deposit that is there. I'm just finding it in the flame. I'm just activating it. And that's what I'm encouraging you to do. Find the gift of God in you into flame. You are not an empty vessel. You have the gift of the Holy Spirit. All you got to do is to find it into flame. And I'm going to show you how to do it now. Hold it in a moment. Hallelujah. Ooh, let's read one more. Let's read one more. Then I'll go into Let's read one more. Um, in the book of Romans, chapter 12, uh, from verse 3 to 6. Romans chapter 12, from verse 3 to 6. Paul says, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. Verse 4. Verse 4. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not have the same function, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. You belong to me, I belong to you. You're a member of the body of Christ. We belong to one another. There's some things that I've been given that is for you. There's some things you've been given that is for me. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. We have different unique graces. 
If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Hallelujah. Do it cheerfully. So Paul, what Paul was saying was this. Every one of us has been given that divine charisma. And in that divine charisma that he has given to us are different charismas. Different, all kinds of things that we can do. And he's saying that each of us can do things differently. Don't look at my grace and be jealous. And I shouldn't look at your grace and be jealous. What God does wants is he wants us to join hands together. And as our graces combine, the fullness of God can be manifested. But I need you to activate yours. Oh, come on, tell your neighbor if you have a neighbor in there. Say, I need you to, to, to activate yours. I, I will activate my own. But I need you to activate yours because I need you. The body of Christ needs you. The world needs you. The whole world is waiting for you. You must activate it. Whatever it is, don't look down on it and say, oh, I just know how to organize things. Come and begin to organize under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Oh, don't say, you know, I just know how to make people feel good. You are an encourager. Come and begin to encourage people. Take it to the next level. In these 21 days of prayer and fasting, ask God to, to give you, to, to just take it to new levels of encouragement. To give you new ways of encouraging people. And new power in encouraging people that will come from within you. Stir it up. Stir up this gift. Because they are already inside of you. They are already inside of you. Let's go to my second point. I called my second point the dormant deposit. I'm going to do you know, the last two points very fast. The dormant deposit. The dormant deposit. So now, I've showed you the things that God has deposited in you as a result of the Holy Spirit inside of you. But you know that most of the time, like the example that I gave of the gifts that my kids gave me, most of the time, these things are dormant. I know it. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor. You know me. I've been preaching. I know that there are some things inside of me that are dormant, that have been dormant, that need to be activated. But the good thing is that I know how to activate them, and that's what I want to, I want to share with you. These things are dormant in a lot of people. It's not a lack. No, it is a lack of awareness or a lack of use. It's a lack of activation. But those things are in you right now, and I want you to focus on that that those things are in you. So, when Paul told Timothy to fan the flame there, he was using that illustration of, like, when you, when you have, uh, like, when you go to the camp, right, and you are sitting around the campsite and all that, and then you have, to, you have some coal, charcoal, and all that, and you want, to, you want to get the barbecue thing going, and then you start fanning it and start fanning it, and then you know, you know some of them that had some fire inside of them, they just burst into flame. That was what Paul was using to tell Timothy to fan what he had into flame. Now, that tells us something, that even though we have this divine charisma in us, the temperature at which it is burning is different for every one of us. It's different from any one of us. It varies. You don't have to feel bad about that. It just varies. Some people are just hotter than others, you know? <laughs> Pun intended. Some people are just hotter than others. Amen. God wants you to be hot. <laughs> God wants you to burn with intensity. You see, the higher the intensity, the greater the impact. The higher the intensity, the higher your temperature, the greater the impact. 
You see, I don't know if anybody comes to watch a tiny fire burn and they, the crowd just gather. They say, ah, they say, they, you know, there's a match that somebody struck somewhere and it's so tiny and everybody's coming to look at it. Nobody cares about that. There are all kinds of tiny fires all over the There's nobody coming. But I remember one time in Evanston, you know, I was in the house and I began to smell smoke. Smoke. And then I looked smoke all over the place. It was a beauty store that was burning. And, you know, the, the fire, you know, the fire truck, and all that, they were all there. We have a fire station not, not too far from our house. And then they were all there. Everybody came out. That day, I knew, I mean, I knew people I'd never met in the neighborhood before. All kinds of colors, children. Everybody came out to come and look at the fire that was burning. When fire is burning, people will be attracted. Even insects can play around, they can play around fire that is not, you know, have you seen those insects? They will play around fire that is not white hot, that is not hot. But when the fire becomes hot, the insect, the animals, they will stay away from it. Listen, is it possible that what is happening to you, like all the different things happening to you in your life right now, is because you are not burning enough? It's because the fire is down? Maybe you used to burn before, but you are not burning as much as you used to burn anymore. And then before you know it, the sickness comes on you. Before you know it, depression comes on you. Before you know it, uh, you know, tiredness comes on you. Before you know it, uh, you quit this one, you quit that one, and sometimes people will say, oh no, this is why I'm quitting it is because, you know, I am burnt out. You know, I'm just, you know, completely you know, burnt out. You know, I always tell people, I said, you know, whenever you get burnt out, know that it is not because of all the things you are doing, it's because of what you are not doing. The reason why the fire goes out is because the fire is not fueled. It's because the fire is not, is not being stirred up. It's because of the one thing that you are not doing. You need to fan the flame on a consistent basis. You got to be hot. You know, whenever the next time I'm able to see you, I want to, I want to, I want to touch you and I say, hey! you know, feel the fire of the Holy Spirit coming out of you. Hallelujah. You know, on fire. That your family, everybody knows that you're on fire. Your city will know that you are on fire. Your generation will know you're on fire. The hotter you burn, the higher your temperature, the greater the impact that you are able to make. Hallelujah. Blazing fire is contagious. You know, Samson knew that. And that in Judges chapter 15 from verse 4 to 5. Let me quickly read. Samson wanted to, wanted to destroy, you know, I mean, just wreak some havoc in the, in, the, in, the, in the land of the Philistine. So he went out and caught 300 foxes. He tied them tail to tail in pairs. Then he then fastened a torch to every pair of tails. Then he lit the torch and then he let the foxes loose in the standing grain of the Philistines. He burned up the shocks and the standing grain together with the vineyards and the olive groves. What did he do? He set some, some foxes on fire, torches, and then he went there. You know, they, 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 they went there and then they burned, they burned. Listen, listen, that's what God wants to do with us. God wants to let us loose. He wants to set us loose on Chicago. He wants to set you loose on whatever nation, whatever city that you are watching from. He wants to set you loose there so that you begin to burn for him. You begin to, you become contagious. You begin to energize people. You begin to stir up people. You lift up people. The frequencies of people. Hallelujah. You lift up people into God's plan. You burn. Hallelujah. Listen, I want to tell you something as a believer. I know sometimes we pray for revival, you know, corporately, but you know, as a believer, it's not really a revival that you need. That's not what you need. What you, what you need, what you need is for you to stir up what is already there. What is already there. You already have a life inside of you. That life just needs to be stirred. You need to find. In the Old Testament, they need revival because the Holy Spirit will leave them and then it will come back. But now you have the Holy Spirit permanent in you. What you need is, a, is for you to, to stir up the Spirit of God that is already in you, to find it, to flame the deposit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take the initial flame. 
you know, that you had. Hallelujah. In Acts of the Apostles, it said the flame came upon each and every one of them. So every one of us who received that flame, now begin to fan up that flame. Let me go to my final point. To my final point. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. The, 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 the durability demands. Now, what do I mean by that? So my first point, you know, I talked about the divine deposit, the gift that is inside of you. Uh, in, in my second point, and I now talked, I talked about the dormant deposit, that, 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 that deposit is dormant. Now, my final point, I want to talk about how, what are some things you do? What are some demands that is required of you so that the fire of God and the gift of God can stay on you and continue to increase in you, uh, you know, consistently and be durable and just stay there? I want to just show you quickly how to stir up the gift of God in you. So now... Very simple. We're just going to use natural science. For fire to continue burning, there are only three things needed. For fire to continue burning, there are only three things needed. You remove any one of them, the fire will go out. So three things required for fire to continue burning or for fire to increase in intensity. You remove any one of those three things, the fire will stop burning. The first one is oxygen. The second one is fuel. And the third one is heat. So oxygen, fuel, and heat. Those are the three elements, three factors necessary for fire to keep on burning or to increase in intensity. If you, re if you remove any one of them, the fire goes out. So listen, I want to use that to teach us. How do you find the gift of God inside of you? How do you activate the gift of God inside of you? The first one is you need spiritual oxygen. You need spiritual oxygen upon that fire. What is spiritual oxygen? You know, somebody said it this way, that the breath of the believer is prayer. Prayer is the breath of the believer. Listen, every time you open your mouth to pray, you are breathing out and you are breathing in. You are breathing out your worries. You know, you are breathing out your concerns, but you are breathing in the very power of God. You are breathing in the very oxygen of God. You know, a, a wise man called Roland Hill once said, he said, prayer is the breath of a newborn soul, and there can be no life without it. You see, when we pray, it's like our breath. No wonder Paul said it. Paul said it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. He said, rejoice always. And then in verse 17, you know, verse 16 to 18, he said, rejoice. He said, pray continually. And verse 18, he said, give thanks in all circumstances for this the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Paul was telling us that because, you know, he knew that for you to be breathing and to keep your fire and to activate the gift of God inside of you, you must be in consistent and constant prayer. Consistent and constant prayer. You see, there's something about praying, especially praying in the Holy Spirit, that just tears up the gift of God inside of you. Before I came to preach this message, I spent time praying in the Spirit over the night. When I got to, the, to this place, you know, just before I, I, I started preaching, I was praying in the Spirit. What I was doing was I was tearing up the gift, the charisma of God that is inside of me. You know, I've done this for hours and hours and hours, and after I am done, and then I find myself so stirred up, and things begin to pour out of my spirit. Revelation begins to come. All kinds of things begins to happen. I want to encourage you to get into prayer. To start breathing. Let the oxygen come upon your fire. Let the oxygen come upon your fire so that your fire can keep on burning. So that it can keep on burning. Hallelujah. You know, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14, he said, if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays. 
but my understanding is unfruitful. If I pray in tongues, my spirit prays. You know, that was when I'm praying in the spirit or praying in tongues, my spirit is being exercised. It's being exercised. And listen, when you exercise anything, when you exercise anything, it, it becomes activated. Activated. Paul also said that he that speaks in an unknown tongue, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3, he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 3. He that speaks in an unknown tongue, you know, he said, he that prophesy speaks to people for their strength, encouragement, and comfort. Uh, the, uh, the, anyone who speaks in a tongue, in a tongue edifies himself or edifies themselves. The word edifies there is from the word that means house, you know, oiko. In oikodom, it means to build like a house, to charge like a battery, to build upon layers and layers. So Paul was saying that when you are speaking in a tongue, you are building layers and 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 layers like a battery that is charging and charging and charging. You are activating yourself. Now, the second element that is needed the second element needed is full. Fill. The first one is oxygen, which is, the, which is prayer. The next one is fill for fire to burn. Listen, what is full for the spirit? It's God's word. God's word is full for the spirit. God's word is full for the spirit. Hallelujah. It is what, just like food is full to the body, God's word is full to your spirit. So listen, you pray, but you must have the word of God. You must be full of the word and be full of the spirit. So when you get into the word of God and you begin to hear the word of God, sometimes when I want to get charged up and activate the gift of God inside of me, I just get on YouTube or I just get a message that I've downloaded or bought and just keep on listening to, you know, to, to different preachers that are preaching the word of God. And before I know it, my spirit is energized, my spirit is activated, like some of you are feeling at this very moment right now. Also, you can take the Bible, listen to the Bible, take the Bible, meditate on the word of God. You fill your spirit, you fill the fire inside your spirit. Something begins to burn inside of you. Look at what, you know, some of these prophets uh, uh, said. In Matthew chapter 4 verse 4, you know, Jesus said, you know, man shall not live by bread alone, or people shall not live by bread alone. In Matthew chapter 4 verse 4, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He was saying that we don't live by bread alone, but by the word of God. Jeremiah chapter 15 verse 16. Jeremiah said, when your words came, I heard them. They were my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name. Oh, Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So listen, when you meditate on God's word, the fire of God's word begins to blow inside of you. Finally, the third element that is needed for you to keep the flame fan is heat. To keep fire going is heat. The first one is oxygen. The second one, the second one is fuel. And the third one is heat. What is heat? Heat has to do with your service and your fellowship. Your fellowship with other believers. You see, when you are with other believers, other people, you become warm. You know, no wonder Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9, verse 9 to 12. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 to 12 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. They have a good return for their labor. Verse, verse 10. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and no one to help them up. Also, if two lie together, they can keep warm. They can be hotter. But how can one keep warm alone? What it was, and then verse 12 says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three stand is not quickly broken. You know what, uh, what Solomon was talking about here? He was talking about the power of fellowship. He was talking about the power of being with other believers. I've discovered that sometimes, you know, when, when I'm down, all it just takes for me to 
is to be among some believers who are on fire or to just listen to a friend as we're talking on the phone or to talk about some people or see somebody and then the fire comes upon them because fire is contagious. I want to encourage you to join the small groups. I want to encourage you to be part of the small groups. You know, that's part of how you maintain your fire, to be part of the prayers that we are praying. That's how you maintain your fire, to, get, to be part of the growth track, to be part of the leading light, to be part of the messages, the Bible master class and all these things, to give you fuel for your spirit, to be part of the prayer so that you have oxygen for your spirit. What happens is that as you do this thing, you become altar, become altar. And then, listen, it's not just fellowship, but when you begin to serve also, you start using your gifts to serve other people. You begin to discover that the fire, your gift is more and more activated. To the last passage I want to, I want to share with you today. Matthew chapter 13 verse 12 says that anyone who has will be given more and they will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from them. Even what they have will be taken away from them. What he's saying is that if you have, if you feel that you have a little fire, if you feel you have a little fire, you start energize, start using that fire. You feel that, you know, I don't think I have a lot of gifts. I don't think I have more. You know, all I can just do is just these little tiny little things. You start serving with it. You start serving other believers with it. You start activating it. Start activating it. Start doing something little. You know what begins to happen? Jesus said, you will have abundance. You have more. This after the parable of the talent. The one that used what he had, had more. You will have more. See, I've discovered, listen, I'm going to end this message with this. This is a word for you. People think that fire goes, your fire goes out because you are active. <laughs> That's a mistake that a lot of people make. No, fire goes out when you are active without being in the presence of God. But what I've discovered is that the things of the spirit, they don't obey the law of diminishing return. In the realm of the spirit, the more you use, the more you have. I've discovered that if I don't feel like preaching or if I feel that I don't have inspiration, all I need to do is to take an opportunity to preach and the preaching things begin to flow. If I feel I can't teach, all I just need to do is to start teaching and the teaching thing will start flowing. If I feel I can't prophesy, all I just need to do is start prophesying little by little and the prophecy will start flowing because the things of the Spirit, they work when you activate them. Some people will say, you know what, I'm taking some time, I'm just taking some time off, you know, and I'm not going to use my gifts anymore. Listen, I understand the Sabbath. I understand the Sabbath is not taking some time off from being a believer or from being, or being in the Holy Spirit. The Sabbath is taking some time off to rest and rejuvenate so that you can refire to be in the presence of God. Jesus never said, I'm going to take some time off from healing. I'm going to take some time off from you. No, it, take, it took some time off to be with God so that what he has can be fired up. But you don't take some time off from your assignment and say, I'm not going to do it any longer. No, no, you take some time off so that that assignment, you can see sharper, you can understand it clearer, but you don't leave your road. You don't leave your assignment. What you do is that you keep walking with God, you let God fill you up, and then you discharge what God has given you, and you let God fill you up. You are constantly filled with the Spirit. That is how this thing works. When you use what you have, you will have more. Oh, listen, I hope you have been blessed today. I hope you have received this thing today. Wherever you are, I want you to stand up wherever you are right now. And I want you to begin to pray to God this morning. Oh, I want you to pray for an empowerment of the Spirit, a fresh empowerment of the Spirit, a fresh activation of the power of God and of the Spirit of God inside of you. Oh, I want to pray for everybody watching me right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, no matter the level where the fire of these people 
no matter how dormant things inside of them have been. I know, Lord, that you are activating things inside of them right now. So I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice uh, to receive the voice of activation, to receive the anointing of activation. I command the gift of God inside of you to begin to stir. That man that received two talents went to multiply. Take that little gift, that little fire, begin to pour it out, begin to help other people, begin to speak little word that you have, begin to confess the word, begin to pray with that tongue, you know, that you have. Just begin to pray and something will be stirred up inside of you and more and more, more depth, more height, more wit will begin to happen in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you for hearing our prayer. Thank you for stirring us up. Thank you, Lord, for rejuvenating our spirit. Thank you for activating us in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice with me and say, I am activated. The gift of God inside of me is activated in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You know, I wanted us to do something very quickly, you know, right now. You know, and you know, it's very important because this is one of the ways that we stir up the fire of the Spirit of God inside of us. You know, you can go and read John chapter 6, you know, later. Just read out throughout the whole thing. Jesus was speaking about his, you know, him being the bread of life. And speaking about that, those who receive that, that bread, they have life. It flows inside of them. And I wanted us to do this, you know, you know, today, you know, just to, to, to celebrate, first of all, the covenant that we have with God. It's a covenant of strength. We bring our weaknesses to God, and it gives us a strength. But I want us to target our faith right now for a rejuvenation in everybody's spirit. So wherever you are at home right now, get something together with your family. You know, get, you know, some cookies, some, you know, whatever it is that you have, and some drink, and let's get together, and let's take the communion right now. Let's take it together. Jesus said, for as long as you do this, you did this in remembrance of me. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for your blood that was shed for us. And thank you for your body that was broken for us. Thank you because you are the bread of the bread of life that came from heaven. And anybody that partakes of you partakes of life. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, right now, as we partake of your body, I thank you, Lord, for rejuvenation in the spirit of everyone that is watching me. For those who are watching me who have not given their hearts to you, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that they, they become a part of you by accepting you as their Lord and Savior. Oh, Lord, and they will eat you, the bread of life, and accept you in the name of Jesus. Lord, as we partake of it, we declare protection, Lord, over every evil. Strength in our weaknesses, Lord. Wisdom for our foolishness in the name of Jesus. Thank you for a stirring up of eternal life inside of us, a stirring up of the Holy Spirit inside of us, and the reactivation and activation, Lord, of every dormant thing that is in our lives. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Go ahead and partake of it. Take the bread and, and eat it, and then take the blood and take it right now. In the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus Christ seals the covenant that we have with God. You are under a covenant, and it's a covenant of strength. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. It's a covenant he has with us. So believe God for strength as you go into this week. Thanks for listening to The Globe Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more contents from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.